brothers and sisters. <laughs> I want to welcome you back to life. Back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter. Hallelujah. How can it be? Yes. I don't want to love nobody 
Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We appreciate you, God. We really appreciate you. We're leaning on you, God, and trusting on you, God, leaning on your faith, standing on your faith, on your on your word, trusting you, and thanking you for it. Good morning, Ted Lyon. Uh God has uh, given me a word about uh, uh, a faith that won't be stopped. I want to talk to you this morning about faith in action, but specifically faith that won't be stopped. I say faith that won't be stopped because it's understood that faith in God, we understand it won't be stopped, but I say that to bring out the point that faith has resistance. Faith uh, in God will have resistance. Faith in God will have opposition. Uh, Faith in God has uh, uh, an opposer. And because of that, faith will be tested. Faith will be challenged. Faith will be... uh, Faith will be proved. And I want to talk to you this morning, coming from Mark 11, verses 11 through 24 in the King James, Mark 11, 11 through 24 in the King James, where Jesus is walking during his ministry with his apostles, apostles, and they were uh, his disciples, and they were were traveling, and Jesus does something that's... uh, kind of curious, it's kind of uh, unusual, because his ministry was to people, his ministry was hands-on, and it was uh, relational, but he does something here, and I began reading, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve, and on the morrow, When they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast them out, and sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. And scribes and chiefs, priests heard it and saw how they might destroy him for they feared him because all the people was astonished at his doctrine and when he, when even was come he went out of the city and in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots and Peter calling to remember and said unto him master 
Behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say any shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now again, this is the first verse when I begin to talk, to, to put this down uh, into a lesson. This was the first verse that God gave to me. And I wondered about it because he said, God said to me, have faith in God. And I and I pulled up that scripture in the context, and I considered not putting the rest of it with that one verse, have faith in God. But the context brought to the point of having faith in God, because <clears throat> what would it matter to me if a tree was uh, withered away or not? What would it matter? And... The tree, symbolically, meant more than just a tree. But Jesus thought it important enough for it to be uh, addressed. You know, God thought it important enough for it to be written down for our learning. And so, with the symbology of the tree, I come to understand that Jesus is looking for fruit. He's hungry, the word says, and he's looking for fruit and doesn't find it. And symbolically, the tree represents his people. The tree represents his church. The tree represents me. And God desires to find fruit coming from the tree. He desires to find fruit coming from me. And so as I begin to understand this, I see that Jesus went around ministering, but I noticed that Jesus, the way he preached was so bold. When he interacted with the people, he challenged the casual norm. Jesus was always ministering the word, but he ministered it in a way that invited people. It challenged people to enter the kingdom that he was preaching about. Jesus was illustrating and giving examples of kingdom life. He told them how to enter, and he invited people into the kingdom. You see in John 3, 5. But if you wanted to come in, you had to press into it as one who wanted to be there, who wanted to go where Jesus was calling. To get into the kingdom of God is not a Casual or passive journey It's not a It's not an act of, of uh, It's not an afterthought It's not an accident The kingdom is free but Your place there is free But the invitation is open But it's free to you It's open to you and I It's free But it costs God It costs him You see it's Free to you and I but 
the purchase. It had to be purchased. And so getting there will cost us something. It's free, our place there. The promise of it is free. But getting there takes a pressing. It takes a intent. And the intent will cost something. If you have faith to believe that you have that you have a place there, then we should have faith to believe that what's waiting there for us is worth getting there. It's worth whatever has to be uh, given or sacrificed to get there. We have to have the faith to make it. And so getting there will cost something. And the cost is not a casual cost. It's it's not going to be a laid back or or a cost or a passive cost or it's gonna it's gonna take something to reach the kingdom. And so in, in the demonstrations, in the stories and in the testimonies that we read in the in the in the gospels and about the people who came to Jesus and who Jesus came to, they see that he challenges their faith. And I imagine a person who's in need of a home, maybe the person lost their home or they're needing to get a home and, uh, you know, they, they've been looking and they've been asking around and, and uh, I imagine one day this person gets a call and the person on the phone tells this person in need, look, I heard about your situation and I realize you need a new home and you don't have uh, the money needed to get it. I've just called to tell you uh, that there is an amazing new house in a in a very sought after, you know, neighborhood, a, a very good school district, a town here, and it's it's very, very sought after. It's fully furnished, best location you can imagine, but it's it's free to you. It's free to you, sir. I'm just telling you that, you know, I want to offer this to you. And I can imagine this person, you know, hearing this, uh accepting this, but they're three three thousand miles away, let's say from where this place is. And this person, you know, on the phone tells them that I have the keys here waiting for you. If you can just get here, I'll give you these keys. The house is yours. And so the person in need of a home who accepted the offer now has to to make the next step. And the next step is they have to get there. And if all that person had to do was sell all the things that they had and to find a way to get there, they can have their need met. Now, don't you think that person would make the effort and make any sacrifice necessary to receive the house that was given to them, the answer to the need that they had? Of course they would make that sacrifice. All they would need to do was come up with a plan and take action and follow through. And that promise would be in their in their hands as soon as they could make it there. They would they would take the trip, they would make the effort, and close the distance, travel the three thousand miles or whatever the distance was to get there. And chances are, the more casual uh, a person's approach to receiving, the more of a challenge it might be on their end. Faith has. There's 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 a, a buffer. There's a, a something between a person in need and their and their answer. 
but their faith has to get them through. Faith is realized when you sell out everything long before you have a chance to hesitate. Every year on Christmas, uh, certain parents browse online. They, they do their price checking. They look through all the sales and they they take their the, the list that their kids have given them of all the things that you know they they're hoping for and and the parents get coupon cutting and they show up to stores early for the sale days and the parents stay up late many nights wrapping presents and they you know the parents rush around last minute to make sure they got everyone something they want and then the night comes the night before Christmas comes and. Every year, on the night before Christmas, my kids will ask me and my wife uh, if they can open a gift. Now, they don't, they don't care that we say no. I'm here to tell you, they don't care that they have to wait because they're on a mission. And my two children will say, please, 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 just one, just one. Now, they won't beg. But they'll they'll push, they'll push, they'll push, they'll press, they'll press. And they work with full intent. That if they say please, you know, and they're polite and they keep on long enough, they will eventually give in and guess what? They usually get to open a gift the night before. It's like they knew we would say yes eventually. Even though the custom is, you know, to open gifts the morning of Christmas, they know. They know, they press that they'll get a gift. And how do they know that we would say yes after they asked for it all day long? It doesn't matter because they were on a mission, you see. Parents love their children. They love their children. And Jesus, when ministering, he made sure to invite people into God's goodness. He showed them the way. He showed them by example that God means business. When God puts his hand out to help you, he means business. I want you to think about this for a moment. Because it can be said that, uh, that not everyone that needed a miracle got it from Jesus during those days. It could be said. Because we know that we we, we look at the text, and, and we, you know, the text says that, that not every work that Jesus did was recorded. So much of his three-year ministry is recorded, but we have so much that is not recorded. And so, while not everybody that came to Jesus for for a miracle or for healing or for help, you know, got it, but what's recorded is our evidence. That's what we see. That's what we're given. And the given evidence is this. When we look at the miracles, when we look at the healings that are recorded and the works of Jesus, you will realize that not a single one of them is casual. While they might have been easy, they were easy for Jesus. But they all cost something for those who came in need. A little boy he gave up his lunch one day. He had lunch. He had whatever. It might have been groceries. It might have been something he was uh, bringing home or 
or or holding for some for for some you know chore or something, but he had just a few loaves of bread and, and some fish. We don't know what they were originally meant for, but we do know that he sacrificed this food to feed thousands. He gave this to feed thousands. John six five through thirteen. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him, and he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now that little boy, I wonder if he thought he was going to get anything back. I wonder if he considered when he was uh, asked for it, or when he gave that food, uh, if he was going to get anything out of that. Or if he just was just sharing, gave just for the sake of sharing. The Bible doesn't say, but it's very likely the disciples had enough money to pay the boy for just a few, you know, loaves of bread and some fish. So it's possible that, you know, maybe they paid the boy. But regardless, whether he sold his food or gave it away or shared it, What's obvious is that every person there at this picnic was fed very, very well. Very well. They had more than what they needed. So, you know, there was 12 baskets left. If the boy wanted, he had enough for himself too. Obviously, he probably ate just right along with everybody else. But he may or not have, you know, brought any of the, any food home with him later. But he certainly came home with a wonderful story. The boy could have refused the idea of sharing, but the little he had had to sacrifice made a very big difference for thousands of people, thousands of hungry people. And how many times do we let the devil sabotage a miracle in the working when we talk ourselves out of giving because we think it's too small? Maybe we think it's too insignificant to make a difference amongst so many So do many people let devils take an opportunity out of our way because we thought it wouldn't matter anyway. But I guess this little boy found out what a little bit of faith can do, can do big things in the hands of Jesus. Matthew fifteen twenty one through 28 says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, 
He cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And I want to be careful how I word this here because, you know, here she is, she's a Canaanite woman in Israel. And it's pretty obvious that uh, apparently the the society at the time didn't like the Canaanites. Uh, Whether they were outsiders or considered to be uh, uh, some type of a... Well, people, people like Samaritans and Canaanites were considered dogs. Uh, For a person like this Canaanite who's considered a dog, maybe even a minority like herself, this this was obviously a norm for the day. And this woman had a serious and desperate need. But here she is a mama trying to get help for a, a her daughter. And she she was intent on being heard. So although she didn't have anything to offer as a sacrifice per se, this healing for her daughter cost her something. And she could have let her emotions take over and get angry when Jesus uh if, you know, it called her a dog. She could have got angry in response to that, and you know, maybe, but maybe she already expected to be publicly humiliated for her efforts. Maybe that was the normal at the time, but she didn't. Even if she didn't see it coming, she had an intent in her heart, in her spirit, man. She had a mission, and so she pressed him anyway. She didn't give up. But if she did give up. Her daughter may never have gotten the help she needed if her mother reacted emotionally. Mama was on a mission, let me tell you. And Jesus acknowledged her great faith, he called it, and her daughter was transformed because of it. I wonder if a minister today ever responded to a person in need by calling them a dog and refusing to help. I wonder what would happen. I don't need to wonder. So, you know, I don't advise this approach. Never would advise this approach. But I'm I'm still serious. You know, we always expect God to answer us in a certain way. Whether it's because of ignorance or whether because maybe at that point in our life we've gotten used to God answering us and answering us and answering us in a certain way. But what if God responds to our faith? 
that is goal-oriented and not comfort-oriented. God responds to faith. God responds to our faith. But faith inherently is goal-oriented. It's on a mission. There's a purpose. There's an intent. Faith has crosshairs on whatever it's going for, whatever you're going for, whatever you're moving it for, whatever wind that you're pursuing, no matter what happens. Faith inherently is pursuing something. And when you're on a mission, you're to, you're, your trip to that target most likely will not involve comfort. Most likely it's not going to include leisure along the way. Most likely there's going to be resistance. There's going to be opposition, adversity. But when you're on a mission, you don't care about adversity. You're not swayed or moved by things when you're on a mission. The minute you care about adversity, you're stopping to care about it. You're taking your attention off the mission and you're putting it on the adversity. Mark 11:22 says, "And Jesus answered them, "Have faith in God. Have faith in God." John 14:1, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let adversity take from your faith. Take you off your mission. Mark ten forty six through 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that that? That I should do unto thee. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. He followed Jesus in the way. You see, the blind man had a need. He had a need. It may not have been. a new house. It may not have been a sick relative, but he had a need. And out of his spirit, his faith rose up that day. And he was intent on being heard. Hebrews 11 is the chapter regarding faith. And within it is something I want to say. But I'm going to read the whole chapter because, of course, the whole context of this chapter is about faith. Hebrews 11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it 
the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to repeat verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek the country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a thicket. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the staff, the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 
assuming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as dry, by dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the haunted Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say, more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness remained strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, whom received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. See, the scripture doesn't just say that he uh, rewards people who seek him. The scripture doesn't just say that. The scripture says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligently. Many times we come to God for something. <clears throat> we come to God with a need. And, we get, and when we get to him, he'll ask us to come a little bit further. He may ask us to give a little bit more. He, we see often he did this in the biblical examples. And Jesus often makes people try and go further in their faith, in their walk, in their pursuit before he responds. And each, each of these persons' faith was grown. It was, it was grown right along with receiving their promise. In Galatians 2.16 says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we may be, might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Hebrews 10.38 says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. This mother, whose daughter was sick, this blind man, this boy with the with the the bread and the fish, and this this woman, also with the issue of blood, 
You know, she had to come out into the into the open, into public with her ailment. If you know anything about her ailment, you'll know that uh, to be unclean in in that Hebrew uh, society would have uh, it would have been trouble. And so, for her to do what she had to do to press to toward Jesus, it took a chance. There was risk. She made a sacrifice. She put a lot on the line to do this. But their needs were met. Their needs were met. Jude 20 through 25, Jude 20 through 25 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on the same, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others faith with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. See, if the little boy had just a little bit, you know, he, he, he just had a little bit to give. But look at what great uh, impact his little bit made for thousands. You know, the woman whose daughter was sick. I don't imagine she had health insurance. I don't imagine she found the answer. She had found the answer uh, with what was available for her at the time. She wouldn't have been in need and, and gone to Jesus with it. But it took a risk. It took a chance. And, and even though she was publicly humiliated in the open in front of people, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. See, her faith was recognized. And it was rewarded. It was answered. God's love answered her. And her daughter was healed. And I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's come against you, your your pursuit, your faith uh, in God. You, maybe there's a thing you've been praying for and needing and pursuing. Maybe your life overall, your walk overall has been uh, resisted. Maybe there's an adversary in your life that's pressing against you and challenging your faith in God. But the word of God says and it shows that he will reward you if you diligently seek him. If you come to God in faith, you must believe that he is. And you must believe that he will reward you for your diligent pursuit of God, whatever the need is. Whatever the answer is, not only is he able, not only is he ready and willing, but he will give. His hand is out and he will give. You just have to reach. You just have to press into Jesus with your faith, with your faith. Amen? And he will answer. He will answer. He will answer. 
regardless of what's happened or what, regardless of, of the challenge, you can tell that mountain to be cast into the sea. You can, you can slay that giant. Your faith, your faith must be diligent. Your faith must be diligent. Faith that won't be stopped. Faith that won't be stopped. Lord, I thank you for for your word, your powerful word that we stand on. I thank you for the for the love, the love that you have for us, the love that you have shown us this morning. And I pray that that those listening have encouraged faith, have faith to press, Lord, faith to walk out the mission that they're on and to follow through and to have the faith to to finish the race, to finish their pursuit of of whatever it is that you've uh, put in their heart to pursue, whatever their need is, and bless them and reward them because you've given us heaven. It belongs to us. We just got to get there. We just have to count the cost and do what it takes to get there. Get there. Get there. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Headline, thank you for being with me this morning. God bless you. God's favor on you and follow you and pursue you and weigh you down with his blessings. We'll see you tomorrow morning in Jesus' name.
that makes a constant. 